0: Hey everyone, welcome to Share Your Sparkle, and I'm your host, Dr. Darlene Berrios. This is episode 26, Lessons. Hey people, I hope everyone's doing well. Um, I don't know if you're noticing, the birds are louder in the morning. It's feeling a little bit warmer. The days or sunlight, um, are getting longer, and I feel like spring is around the corner. (laughs) I don't know if you feel that way, but I know the birds are definitely happier and louder. It seems like each morning, um, I hear them, like, chirping fiercely and just saying, welcome, good morning to the new day. So this is episode 26, uh, just a reminder, I am going to go on a little break in March, uh, and I'll record the last, uh, release the last episode on Friday, March 12th. But stay tuned because later in the month I will um, begin season two. Episode 26 Lessons. I was thinking about what to say and. One of the things that struck me earlier this week is um, thinking about everything that I've talked to you lately regarding spirituality, mindset, you know, my understanding of divinity and source. And what's come to me is why aren't we taught this earlier? Or how come I haven't? learn this earlier. And this is not a judgment on what I was taught younger in life, whether it was through family, teachers, sports, or whatever other way we learn lessons. I'll give you a a specific example. So I have this book, it's called The Abundance Book by John Randolph Price. And in it, There are these different principles, and here's one of them, for example. Through my consciousness of my God self, the Christ within, as my source, I draw into my mind and feeling nature, the very substance of spirit. This substance is my supply. Thus, my consciousness of the presence of God within me is my supply. So I'm going to repeat that one more time. Through my consciousness of my God-self, the Christ within, as my source, I draw into my mind and feeling nature the very substance of spirit. This substance is my supply. Thus, my consciousness of the presence of God within me is my supply. And I hope you don't get tripped up and I, I guess it's going to be really hard for some to, to process this when it says my God self or the Christ within Christ is more of um, like, I don't know, not necessarily mindset, but a way of being like your Christ self, not necessarily. I mean, yes, you can relate it to Jesus Christ, but it's, it's a manifestation of that divinity within you, right? Your Christ self or your God self, and I hope that doesn't trip you up on on what this is trying to get at, that if you can bring into your mind the idea that you are the substance of the source, or your understanding of God, then this substance is your supply. And then you, thinking about it, that presence of you understanding that source within you is your supply. Like, I think that's just such a powerful thing. And, you know, I talked about once how in church there's that saying, I'm not worthy to receive you. And I'm like, why would you say that? It's such a crazy concept to not value our worthiness and Our power, and I think our power, like this power that we tap into that we all have, if we could, is like not the power that will destroy people. you know what I'm saying? Like this is not the power that will start wars. This is not the power that will bring us struggles. This is the pow- power that will bring us together. This is the power that will unite us. This is the power that, power that will recognize that we are one soul in this world, in this universe. We have one voice. And why aren't we taught this earlier? How come this is not, we teach so many crazy things in this world and why, I know why I said that before is a wasted question. If you have the chance, I'm telling you right now, if you don't have kids or your kids are young, or even if you have kids and they're older or yourself at whatever age you are, this idea is so powerful It's almost like we don't want people to know this power, it seems. Really? Do you understand what I'm saying? It's almost like if people really, really held on to this belief and this truth, I think it's really scary, right? I think it really scares some people or groups. But I'm telling you, I know, I know for sure that this is the kind of power we need to tap into to heal whatever's happening in the world, to heal ourselves, to heal our families, to heal our communities, to heal. And we don't teach it earlier. It seems very strange to me now at 45 to think about that, because I think like I have a lot of spunk, right? (laughs) And I can't even imagine, imagine at five, if I was like told this, To see myself as a piece of God. To see God in me. Like this morning on a sheer very something something personal. But I literally looked in in the mirror. And I said, good morning, God. Like I looked in my eyes in the mirror. And I said that to myself. Good morning, God. And of course, like my eyes welled up. I'm welling up right now thinking about it. Like... Just even the thought of it seems powerful. Just even saying that one sentence, like, makes you cry. But what if we were taught that from the beginning, from the moment we got here? And if we said that to ourselves every day or had that kind of support around us, teaching us... You are part of the source. You You are as powerful as the source that made you. Like you have a lot of strength and power within. I wonder how many life choices we would have made like differently if we had that understanding and thinking. I wonder, you know, it's but it's not too late. Remember, it's not too late to change our thinking. And I'd rather, honestly, let's say it's baloney. Let's say it's not even real. I, I honestly would rather believe and think in my consciousness or pull into myself this spirit or energy, right? Let's talk about just to say energy and recognize the energy within as something really great and grand. I'd rather think that than not think anything at all or to think that I am not worth something, or they that I am unworthy of something. So I'm going to give myself permission to think that I am worthy, that I am a part of this source and spirit because I really truly think that's the only way to finish like the rest of the leg I have here, however much time I have left. And it will truly draw into my being and life things that I probably could have never imagined. And I think life has already been grand in some some ways. But I'm willing to think differently to get through whatever's left because I really truly feel that's the only way. There's a series on Netflix called Connected. It's really interesting, and I think I want to thank my friends for bringing it up and introduce me, introducing me to um, this docu series. It talks about a bunch of different things, um, from like the internet to how um, important clouds are. And and one snippet of it, it talked about the the bombs, the nuclear bombs that were dropped by the United States earlier in the, uh, no, in the 1900s. And do you know, do you know that it was only the amount of uranium used for that massive explosion that killed hundreds of thousands of people was like the size of, let's say like on a hamburger bun, like a, one size of a sesame seed? That's it. It was only that much uranium that was used to make that massive explosion. And you know, it's so interesting how in the Bible, it talks about how just the size, right? If we had only faith the size of a mustard seed, think about how tiny that is. How much power there is in that. If we only shifted just a little bit, just even a little bit, how grand that can be. In very destructive and very constructive ways. And I'm just curious if you've ever had the experience of talking with young students or recent graduates and whether it was from high school or college. um, But I've had this experience where individuals have said, you know, why wasn't I taught about this in school? Whether it was related to something real life like economics, savings, um, your credit score (laughs) and how that impacts your life. Why wasn't I taught about how to recognize good slash bad relationships? why wasn't I taught to or how to buy a car? and it's like I feel like spiritually, why wasn't this in our curriculum from the beginning, right these ideas of spiritual power, love, and how that can manifest in the physical world. So like I said, if you, well, it doesn't matter how old you are, but especially if you are either raising children or thinking about raising children and you have a chance, like to, if you choose to, you know, teach these ideas that weren't necessarily, I know, maybe taught to us, but I wonder how that would turn out. I wonder how that would play out in your child's life. I mean, I'm trying to see how it plays out now, but it would be really interesting if you have young kids or are planning on having kids sometime soon to try it out. That's what I think. The last part, I want to share three resources. I feel like what's been valuable to me when I listen to someone speak or when I read a book is um, to track that resource down and look into it myself, whether it's read it, watch the movie or do like the writing exercise like in the book. So, one is actually a movie, and this was suggested by my sister-in-law and uh, my brother. They watched it recently. It's What Dreams May Come. It came out in 1998. Robin Williams is in it, Cooper Gooden Jr., and it's actually a book. I didn't know about the movie at all. Um, It's a book, What Dreams May Come, by Richard Matheson, and I'll just read here what it says in Amazon, it says a love that transcends heaven and hell. What happens to us after we die? Chris Nielsen had no idea until an unexpected accident cut his life short, separated, separating him from his beloved wife, Annie. Now Chris must discover the true nature of life and after death. But even heaven is not complete without Annie. And when tragedy threatens to divide them forever, Chris risks his very soul to save Annie from an eternity of despair. Richard Mathewson's powerful tale of life and love after death was the basis for the Oscar-winning film starring Robin Williams. And I would sum this up, I think, as a movie about consciousness, compassion, and choice. I think that's the best way to sum it up. It's about consciousness, compassion, and choice. I am ordering the book now because I really want to... Um, see with where this idea came from and just even from what I see here on Amazon it doesn't match you know how it is when you watch a movie you're like whoa the book typically the book in my experience is way better than the movie and so far from what I have here access to in the book it says I didn't even know that this existed like in the movie but either one, if you want the book, great. If you want the movie, see it, go for it. I think it's something that you could definitely watch over and over again and get something out of it. But in the book, What Dreams May Come, by Richard Matheson, it starts off with this quote. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come, when we have shuffled off this mortal coil, must give us pause. And that's from Hamlet, Act 3, Scene 1. And it starts off by... um. Here, the introduction. It says, so this is in the book. Okay, this is not how the movie starts, but in the book. Introduction. The manuscript you are about to read came into my possession in the following way. On the evening of February 17th, 1976, our doorbell rang and my wife answered it. Several moments later, she returned to the bedroom where we were watching television and said that some woman wanted to see me. I got up. "'and walked to the front hall. "'The door was open, and I saw a tall woman in her fifties "'standing on the porch. "'She was well-dressed and holding a large, bulky envelope in her hands. "'Are you Robert Nielsen?' she asked. "'I told her that I was, and she held out the envelope. "'This is for you, then,' she said. "'I looked at it suspiciously and inquired what it was. "'A communication from your brother,' she replied. "'My suspicions increased. "'What do you mean?' I asked. "'Your brother Chris has dictated this manuscript to me,' she said. Her words angered me. "'I don't know who you are,' I told her. "'But if you possessed the least knowledge about my brother, "'you'd know that he died more than a year ago.'" The woman sighed. "'Wow, I don't know what that was. (laughs) "'Interesting timing.'" "'I know that,' Mr. Nielsen,' she said. "'Tiredly. I'm a psychic.'" Your brother has communicated this material to me from... She stopped, and I began to close the door, then quickly added, Mr. Nielsen, please! There was a sound of such genuine urgency in her voice that I looked at her in surprise. I have just undergone six exhausting months transcribing this manuscript, she told me. I didn't choose to do it. I have my affairs to deal with but your brother would not let me be until I wrote down every word of his communication and promised faithfully to bring it to you. Her voice took a desperate tone. Now you have got to take it and give me peace. With that, she thrusted an envelope into my hands, turned and hurried down the path to the sidewalk. As I watched, she got into her car and drove off quickly. I have never seen or heard from her again. I do not even know her name. I have read the manuscript three times now, and I wish I knew what to make of it. Sorry, (laughs) I lost my spot. I am not a religious man, but, like anyone, would certainly like to believe that death is more than oblivion. Still, I find it difficult, if not impossible, to accept the story at face value. I keep thinking it is nothing more than that, a story. True, the facts are there. Facts about my brother and his family which this woman could not possibly have known unless one goes on the premise that she spent months of laborious and expensive research in uncovering them before writing the manuscript. In that case, what is the point of it? What could she have gained from such a course? The questions in my mind about this book are manifold. I will not enumerate them, but permit the reader to form his own. End. That's all I have access to there on Amazon. (laughs) What Dreams May Come, a novel. This is not how the movie starts, but now I'm so hooked to see how this plays out differently than the movie itself. But I'm sure it has the common themes of consciousness, compassion, and choice. So that's one resource I invite you to um, explore in movie or book form. The other one is... Oh, and it's also really interesting. I'm sorry, before I move on to the other resource. You know how, like, in Superman, Christopher Reeves, he had a tragic accident and ended up, you know, paralyzed. And he was Superman. And then Robin Williams, actually in this movie, he dies. Um, But it it was through, like, a car accident. But then in real life, how um, he died by suicide. And suicide is is uh in the movie i'm sure it's in the book as well so if that's a sensitive topic um i don't know if that's something you want to delve into but how these actors play out these roles robin williams being the poster human of humor and christopher reeves the poster human of superpowers and I think the irony isn't lost on me. How does, and why, what, what is that supposed to tell us about life and how things happen? I just wonder, I just wonder about that. Like, what is that supposed to tell us? <laughs> Something to think about. Um, the other one is, oh, another book. This is, as far as I know, not a movie, but I think would be a great movie if you have a middle schooler. Um, It's Echo by Pam Munoz Ryan. She also has some other chapter books and I believe some children's book, but this is a really massive book. I'd say it's about three books in one. Middle schooler would be great, even high schooler, or just if you're interested in having a good book to read as an adult. I'll read the inside cover, Pam Munoz Ryan echo lost and alone in a forbidden forest otto meets three mysterious sisters and suddenly finds himself entwined in a puzzling quest involving a prophecy a promise and a harmonica decades later friedrich in germany mike in pennsylvania and ivy in california each in turn become interwoven when the very same harmonica lands in their lives All the children face daunting challenges, rescuing a father, protecting a brother, holding a family together, and ultimately pulled by the invisible thread of destiny. Their suspenseful solo stories converge in an orchestral crescendo. crescendo. There you go. Richly imagined and masterfully crafted. It's really magical how Pam Munoz Ryan, through a harmonica, ties the These individuals' lives together, and if you were like doing some homeschooling, this book would be great to study. Like Germany during the time of Hitler, immigration to the East Coast, and then um, also the um, time during American history when Asian Americans were in were put into internment camps and the discrimination faced there. So this is literally a wonderfully written book, but also has a lot of history that you can draw from in terms of lessons that you can teach children. Um, And the last thing I want to share is the prophecy, which I really love. The prophecy that starts the book and ends the book is your fate is not yet sealed. Even in the darkest night, A star will shine, a bell will chime, a path will be revealed. I feel like there's some good magic in this book. Echo by Pam Munoz Ryan. Your fate is not yet sealed. Even in the darkest night, a star will shine, a bell will chime, a path will be revealed. Check it out. And last but not least... Is actually another podcast. I know I'm actually sharing another podcast, but this one's a really cool one. It's Oprah's Masterclass Podcast. I think I found it on YouTube. And in this one, uh, Alicia Keys is the guest. And she's just amazing and hot. <laughs> but she has really interesting things to say as well. She actually talks about at a young age trying to convince her mom, you know, she was at a crossroads in her life, whether to go to Columbia, I believe at 16, or to get signed by Columbia. How interesting is that? And her mom being a paralegal, having to come up with like this very intense, you know, reasoning for her to choose the music path compared to the college path. But she also talks about forgiveness and how I believe her relationship with her father wasn't what she had expected it to be and how she had to learn to forgive, not necessarily for her father, but for herself. But she also speaks about restoring and recharging when she took this trip to Egypt when she was about 19 and she took some time to refresh and how impactful that was in her life. And if I'm not mistaken, her child now is named Egypt I believe her husband, when they were thinking about names, was like, hey, that trip was really important to you. What about if we named our child Egypt? And at the time, they didn't know if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And it just really, as she said, uh, resonated with her. So I encourage you to check it out, Alicia Keys on Oprah's Masterclass podcast. So those three things, the movie slash book, What Dreams May Come, Pam Munoz Ryan's echo and alicia keys on oprah's Masterclass podcast there's just some resources that i hope you enjoy and check out all right people until next time accept your sparkle surrender to it and allow it to be so until then keep shining